We're continuing in our series, Recalibrate. And uh, today I want to talk to you about um, tweaking, tweaking our attitudes. Now, this probably don't pertain to anybody in this room. But uh, but just in case, you know, somebody that maybe might could use this. Maybe you could take some notes and just share it with them. All right. But uh, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living, active, sharper than any double edged sword. And it penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. And it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. One of the blessings of the word of God is it judges and reveals the attitudes of the heart. Good ones and bad ones, right? Because sometimes we have good attitudes, sometimes we have bad attitudes. What is an attitude? It's really a disposition. It's an inward disposition or or, uh, mentally or emotionally that's expressed by outward behavior. You know, it's kind of one of those things that you can't really see with the eyes or you can't see what's inside, but you you can see the fruit of it. You can't see what's the attitude of a person right away, but if you hang around a while, you know what it is, right? Uh, our attitudes are roots that go inward, but the fruit goes outward. And uh, you, can, you can normally tell somebody's attitude whenever you get around them. Like you get around somebody with a bad attitude, and uh, you, know, you can see the sulky face, the frown. You could see the, um, the critical, murmuring, complaining spirit. And you look at that and you say, hmm, that's a bad attitude. And then you can also tell a good attitude, smiling, joyful, kind. You could tell a good attitude, can't you? You can normally tell whenever a person has a good attitude or a bad attitude uh, without them saying a word, by their, by their posture, by just the way they carry themselves a lot of times. And... Uh, you know, in fact, check the person next to you. See what kind of attitude they have? No, just no, just kidding. <laughs> so why, do we talk, why are we talking about attitudes? Because how many of you know imp- attitudes are important? Attitudes are important. All right, you can quit checking everybody now. <laughs> Don't lose your good attitude, all right? So the value of keeping the right attitude, Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, Proverbs encourages us to watch closely over our hearts because our hearts also include our attitudes. Our hearts possess attitudes, good ones and bad ones. And so why should we worry about our attitude? Because Proverbs says, watch over your heart because it determines the course of your life. And so, you know, whenever you think about it, why worry about your attitude? Well, the attitude of your heart will will really affect positively or negatively the quality of your life. You know, I know this, that, you know, somebody that has a bad attitude, man, they can they can be given a million dollars and they'll find a reason why it's not a good idea. Isn't that true? I mean, you know, the Lord can put them on on the beaches in Hawaii and with, you know, I mean, just, you know, the best vacation. And they'll say, man, there's something wrong about this, you know. (laughs) But, you know, on the other hand, if you have a good attitude, nothing can stop you in life. You know, Lou Holtz said this. He said, ability is what you're capable of doing. Motivation determines what you do with your ability, but your attitude 
determines the effectiveness of your ability. You know, listen, somebody with a good attitude can have less ability and go further. You know, you can have someone who's, who's very gifted. They're very intelligent. They have a lot going for them. They've been supernaturally blessed by God. But if they don't have a good attitude, they're not going to get off of the ground. Isn't that true? You know, listen to this. The American Business Institute interviewed some CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And those are like the top rated companies. And whenever you become a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, you've done something right. 94% of the CEOs attributed their success to having a good attitude. And they said... Attitude is more important than education, gifts, abilities, or anything else. You know, here's another stat. Uh, A consulting firm went and interviewed people to find out uh, why they were fired from their job. Or they interviewed bosses. Why are you firing people? 30% were fired because of lack of competence. They weren't able to do the job. But 53% were fired because of their attitude. And so... You know, another last stat, the Carnegie Institute surveyed 10,000 people to find out their key to success. And their finding determined that 15% were successful due to technical or higher education or training. And 85% were successful due to their attitude. Your attitude, somebody said, determines your altitude. That's a good, that's good to remember. Your attitude determines your altitude. The better your attitude, the higher you're going to go in life. Amen. And so listen, if we, uh, if let me give you a word of encouragement, your attitude will determine how far you go in life. And the great news is that your attitude can be changed if you got a bad one. Amen. Attitudes can be changed. Philippians 2, 5 says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul encourages us to have an attitude like Jesus. And so apparently if he said we should model our attitude, we must have some some ability to form our attitude. Amen. Now, listen, if you know, listen, if Christ had a good attitude, uh, how many of you know he had plenty of opportunity to have a bad attitude? But, you know, attitude is a choice, right? And so you can choose to have a good attitude or you can choose to have a bad attitude. Jesus, remember, I mean, Jesus, the things he went through, I mean, he got rejected, he got betrayed, uh, his best friends walked out on him when he needed him the most, his own people turned against him. He had a reason to have a bad attitude, but yet he possessed a good attitude. And so, you know, an attitude is something that we can work on and that we can adjust. Amen. And you might have heard me say this before, but my parents got revelation of this, that an attitude can be formed. Because whenever mine went south, they would tweak it. How many of you had some parents like mine? And you know, you know, listen, I found out your, your attitude can be changed. And when I first became a Christian, I was enjoying peace in my life. It's like, man, for the first time, I tapped into a level of peace that I hadn't lived in before. And I was just really enjoying it. But one day I was working and uh, actually I was planning on coming to a Bible study here at the church uh, on a Tuesday night. And uh, some work came in, you know, the all field. It seems like, you know, after five o'clock or on the weekends is when the work comes in. And so, man, I was just really I just really wasn't happy with the fact that I had to work late and I lost my peace. And my attitude went south. 
And so, you know, after murmuring and grumping and complaining and, you know, having a bad attitude, I finally got the job done and I showed up at church and the Bible study was still going on and they were working on Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 that says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We were studying this verse, and as we were studying this verse, the Lord showed me, Todd, you know, you didn't have to lose a good attitude today at work. Really? No, you didn't have to lose that. You can protect your attitude. You can guard your attitude. You can continue to live with a good attitude. Amen? Think about it. Jesus had a lot of reasons to lose his good attitude, but he never did. Why? Because it's a choice. It's a choice that we make. And so listen. You know, if you keep a good attitude, your life is going to be better off and, and everybody around your life is going to be better off as well. Amen. But listen, you know, this is, you know, years ago in a, in a men's group, somebody gave me this, this, this like poem or this quote or whatever on attitude. In fact, we should make it available because it's something I like to read on a regular basis because it helps tweak my attitude. It says this, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failure, than success, than what other people think, say, or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude We will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have. And that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. That's good. Isn't that good? Should I read it again? Life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. How can you react positively in negative circumstances? Quit frowning and powdering, murmuring and complaining and get your attitude right. Amen. Come on, help me preach this morning. Even if it hurts, say amen. Amen. You know, I think somebody should tweet that. 10%, life is 10% what, you know, put that on Facebook. I mean, they got enough stuff out there. Put that on there, amen. I believe that would go a long way, maybe help somebody. And so we got to choose to have a good attitude. And if you keep a good attitude, your life is going to be better off. You're going to have a better year if you keep a good attitude. Amen. Hey, we're still kind of in the beginning of the year. It's still January. Let's tweak our attitude. What do you think? Come on. Let's have a good attitude. Amen. And so let me just, let me just give you a couple of attitudes that, uh, that are worth choosing. How about a joyful attitude? A joyful attitude. You know, we don't have to live a sorrowful, depressed, way down, despairing kind of life. We can choose a joyful attitude. You know, listen. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you there, Tony. Tony agrees. How about you? Do you agree? 
Listen what Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that joy is a spiritual thing? It's a spiritual thing. And so, you know, in life, the world tells you that to have joy, you have to have a certain set of circumstances. And it's based on situations and circumstances. Can I tell you, you can have joy whether your ship comes in or not. You know why? Because it's a spiritual thing. Happiness is based on circumstances and it's in the soul realm. But joy is not subject to circumstances and it is based on the spiritual realm. Amen? And so listen, joy source is based on the Holy Spirit and it's not based upon whether I got a good boss or not. And so we need to really choose to have a joyful life. The joy of the Lord, the Bible says, will strengthen your life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah said in Nehemiah 8 and 10, don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen, whenever you got joy, man, you can fight a lot of, you can fight a lot of devils. You can fight a lot of giants. But when you don't have joy, man, anybody can push you over. Amen. And so we need to hold on to our joy and we need to choose to, to, to work on being a joyful person. Amen. Whenever something happens to us and our, our smile turns into a frown, we need to just put some, some toothpicks and just pucker up our, our frown and say, no, you don't have room to be frowning today. Come on. You need to be joyful. Amen. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is like medicine to your soul. I mean, listen, it'll put medicine in your body. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A joyful heart is good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. You stay sad long enough and it'll affect your health. Amen. But the joy of the Lord will be like medicine in your body. You'll be healthier if you got the joy of the Lord. Choose to live a joyful life instead of a sad, gloomy life. Amen. And this is something we can work on because we all have opportunity to be sorrowful, to be, you know, to be gloomy, to have a sad face. How do you how do you live a joyful life? You just live a joyful life one day at a time. You know, listen, one of the scriptures that revolutionized my life is this verse right here. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. How many of you would agree that this is the day the Lord has made? Now, listen, how many of you have reasons to today to not necessarily be joyful? I would venture to say that most everybody in this room has a reason to not be joyful. But you know what the psalmist learned something? He said, wait a minute. This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. He's, you know, the psalmist said, why you downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God. Amen. And so we need to, we need to grab ourselves by the, by the belt and say, no, we're not going to live a murmuring, complaining, sulking kind of life. I'm going to live with a joyful kind of attitude. Amen. And listen, whenever I get around somebody who's trying to get my attitude to go south, I'm not going to allow it because the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's like medicine in my life. I'm going to choose to be joyful. Amen. Come on, smile back to me right now and just say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes, it is. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And so I encourage you, choose to work on your attitude. Listen, I know we're going to have depressed times and circumstances. 
But listen, we can just choose to allow our circumstances to determine what kind of day we're going to have, or we can allow the hope that we have in Christ to determine what kind of day we're going to have. Are you all with me? Number two, a second attitude worth choosing is a merciful attitude. A merciful attitude overlooks others' faults, forgives them when they make mistakes, and accepts people like they are. A merciful attitude is very slow to judge, to be critical, or point out the mistakes of others. Don't allow your attitude to be one who is judgmental, critical, and fault-finding, because it'll drag your life down. It'll bring your life down. And you know, the more that we're critical, the more that we, we criticize, the more that we judge other people, it's like we're cutting our legs out from under us. And we're hurting ourselves. And I have enough enemies. I don't need to be my own. How about you? Right? And so choose to be kind, loving, gracious, and merciful. You know, Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. What was Paul saying? Hey, choose to have a merciful, gracious attitude. Why? Life has a way of paying you back in the same currency you use in life. If you sow grace, you reap grace. If you sow mercy, you reap mercy. If you sow kindness, you reap kindness. Amen? Amen. Now listen, all you singles out there, how many of you would like... Uh, how many of you would to choose to marry somebody whenever you're ready to get married and you choose somebody? How many of you would choose somebody that is a fault finder, critical, judgmental? <laughs> Amen. How many of you can't wait to find somebody like that? How many of you would prefer a kind, merciful, compassionate, gracious kind of person? So, hey, listen, if you want to if you want to reap that in your life. At the altar, sow that in your life. Every day. Amen. How about this? If you were a boss and you needed to promote somebody, who would you promote? A fault finding, critical, judgmental, bad attitude. Or would you promote a kind, merciful, forgiving, gracious kind of person? So what am I saying? Your job can take on a new dimension if you change your attitude. Because your attitude determines your altitude. And sometimes as a boss, they might pass over us because they recognize our attitude wouldn't be a good idea for that position. They need to fail. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And you see, listen, the Lord said, be gentle as a dove and wise as a serpent. We need to be wise and realize that, look, Everybody in life does not like a bad attitude. They like good attitudes unless they possess a bad attitude. But if we want to get ahead in life, we want to get ahead in our career. We can't be criticizing everybody at work because, listen, it'll bounce off that wall and hit that wall and it'll get to that person you've been criticizing. And that might just be your boss. Amen. Let me keep going here. All right. How about this? If you were God and you wanted, you were, uh, you were inclined to want to bless somebody and prosper them, would you look for the person that's critical, fault finding, unmerciful, 
Or would you look for the person that's kind, merciful, and gracious? If you were God, who would you want to bless? So you see, brothers and sisters, our attitude determines our lifestyle, our, our quality of life. And Jesus said it like this, Don't judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And you know, there's something about it. You know, this kind of stuff is like a boomerang. We shoot some judgment out here and it goes all the way around the globe and hits us behind the head. Boom! Is that right? So if you want the Lord to be gracious to you, well, you have to learn to have a gracious attitude. Amen? If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Third attitude, worth choosing. A can I call it a can-do attitude. A can-do attitude. Don't you love it when you get around somebody that is always negative and their motto is, we can't do that. We can't do that. A, a can-do attitude is one who's willing to take a step of faith and believe God for the miraculous. A can-do attitude is the one who's not willing to allow their circumstances or situations to determine their future in life. Amen? Remember the 12 spies? They had 10 that didn't possess a can-do attitude, and they had two that possessed a can-do attitude. 10 said, we can't do that. We can't go in the promised land. They had two said, yes, we can do that. Come on, what kind of attitude do you have? I can't do that, or I can do that. How many of you believe that it's better to have I can do that than an attitude that says I can't do that? Amen? Come on, sometimes we can't get past where we are because we got the wrong attitude in our mind and our heart that says I can't do that. And I'm here to encourage you to say, you begin to say I can do that. Amen? I can do that. Remember the Apostle Paul? He had a can-do attitude, and he said in Philippians 4.12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or an empty stomach, with plenty or little, for I can do whole things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on, that's the right attitude to have. I can do all things. Amen. I can do all things. Yes, come on. Are y'all hearing me? We got to possess that I can do all things attitude because that, uh, that kind of attitude will open up doors for you that otherwise will stay closed. Amen. Remember that guy who had a demon possessed son and he brought him to the disciples and they prayed for him and it didn't come out. Nothing happened. And um, he brought him to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, your guys over there, they didn't do the trick. And he said, well, bring him over here to me. In Mark chapter 9, verse 20, they brought the boy to him. And when he saw him immediately, the spirit threw him into convulsion and falling to the ground. He began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It is as, it has often thrown him both in the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, help my unbelief. Listen, a can-do attitude is one that believes that with God's help, they can do everything. Amen? Come on, they might feel like just a little piece of bread, but how many of you know if God blesses that piece of bread, it's supposed to just feed one or two people, but when God blesses that piece of bread, it's going to feed multitudes. Amen. 
Come on, a can-do attitude is one that says, I might just be like normal water, but if God blesses this water in my life, it's going to be wine that's going to be able to satisfy many. Amen. A can-do attitude is one that believes that there's no mountain that God can't remove. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can-do attitude is one who's not afraid to believe God for the impossible. A can-do attitude is one who actually will receive a supernatural blessing in their life if they can just believe God. Now, you know the result, Mark nine twenty five. when Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And the spirit shrieked and convulsed. Uh, and, and convulsed him violently and came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up to his feet and he stood up. That was a miracle. That was a miracle that father received right there. Because he possessed an attitude that says, you know what? I'm limited. But with God working in me, there's nothing that there's not, no, there's nothing that's impossible. You see, in your, your life, all your life, you had people tell you, you can't. Maybe it's your parents that said, you can't. Maybe it's a teacher that said, you can't. Maybe it's circumstances that said, you can't. And God's saying, you can. And God's saying, you can. God's saying, you can. God's saying, don't listen to the naysayers. Listen to me. Nothing is impossible with me. Amen. There's no, there's nothing out of the limitation of possibilities. Amen. Do you believe he can do a miracle for you? Do you believe that God can do something way beyond your wildest dreams? I tell you, you got to possess a can do attitude because there's no telling what God will do. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. We need to tweak our attitude. Let me ask you something this morning. How many of you have been at the place where you believe that your life was in a rut, was always going to be in the rut, never was going to change, it was going to stay the same? I lived, I lived in, that, in that house before until Jesus came in and He changed my attitude from I can't to I can. And that was a great day. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Now, I don't know who you are and where you come from and and where your spiritual state is today. But I know this. When the Spirit of God comes into your life, it will transform your can'ts to cans. Amen? The Spirit of God will change your level of faith to maybe to I can. Amen? Now, I don't know if you're saved today. I don't know, like, if you fell dead right now, if you would get to go to heaven. And maybe there are people that told you, you can't go to heaven. I'm here to tell you, you can go to heaven. You can go to heaven. Because Jesus died on the cross so that you could. Amen? The Bible says that to many as received them, to received Him to them, He gave them the right to become children of God. Would you just bow with me for a moment? If you're here today and you say, Todd, I've been told by circumstances, situations, and people that, that my life can't, 
I don't know if I'm even a Christian, but today I want to be a Christian. Would you pray for me? I want my mind changed, my heart changed. I want my faith level to change. I'm desperate for God today. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand and raise it high. Come on, let's pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe you shed your blood for me so that my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for every sin I've committed. Come on, just tell him that. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for every sin that I've committed. I'm sorry. I want to change. I want to live a life pleasing to you. Lord Jesus, I invite you. I welcome you into my life today. Come in, Lord, and fill me with your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for changing my attitude from I can't to I can. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen, amen, and amen, amen, amen. This is your day. Amen. Amen. Now, come on, let's go a step further this morning. Let's go one more step further. How many of you, how many of you this morning, you know, I believe that sometimes we're, we're a product of our environment, and we might have come up in a, an environment that was very negative, very condescending, and, uh, and very depressed. And sometimes it's a generational oppression, and we have no joy in our life. And it doesn't matter what happens, good or bad. It, our, our joy never comes. I believe the Lord wants you to have joy this morning. And you know what? The joy of the Lord will be strength in your life. And it will bring health to your body. Amen? Come on, I know in this room there's some people that were, that were raised in that environment. And maybe the Lord is just revealing that to you. That there was no joy in your household. You've been around a, a, a joyless environment. But God wants to give you joy. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. Come on. Those that have their hands raised. Come on. I want you to just, come on. I want you to put both hands up. Put both hands up. I want to pray over you right now. Come on. Let's ask the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to break. Come on. Believe God that He's the joy of the Lord comes from the Spirit of God. Come on. Just open up your heart and I want to pray for you right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're releasing the joy of the Lord right now on every one of these that have their hands raised. Lord, I pray that you break oppression, that you break that downcast, that heavy spirit off of them, and that, Lord, you would release your joy over their life. Father, thank you that you're filling them with the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Father God. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. 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 Now listen, one more prayer, one more prayer, maybe two. But let's pray for those. Come on. You know, I find that some people naturally, they naturally, just are very gracious, very merciful, merciful kind of people. But some people, it's like they have a gift of just seeing the ugly, of seeing the wrong, of seeing the fault. And that's not godly. And the Lord wants to break that off of our life. Amen? And sometimes, again, we learn that. We learn that trait. 
You know, the Bible says, be careful about hanging around somebody that's angry because you're going to come, you're going to be angry. You got to be careful about being around fault finding people because you might become a fault finder. Amen. Now, listen, just between us and the Lord here, if that, if you've been struggling with that and you say, you know what, I'm tired of seeing the ugly. I know that God's got beauty in everything. I want to see the good and not the bad. If that's you, just raise your hand and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. Come on, just ask the Lord. Tell the Lord right now. Just repent right where you are. And say, Lord, I don't want to see all the ugly. I don't want to be a fault finder. I don't want to be critical. I don't want to have a judgmental spirit. I want to be kind. I want to be gracious. Father, I pray that you would break, Lord, that Lord, that ungracious spirit, that unmerciful spirit. Break its power. Break its hold right now. Deliver your people so they can have the attitude that will bring their altitude to a new level today in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul said, have this attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. How many of you believe Jesus had a good attitude? Amen. Jesus had a great attitude. Wouldn't you agree with that? Come on, let's, let's ask God to release his blessing. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for every person that's here today. God, I pray that you would release your grace. God, I pray that you would release your favor right now in every family. Oh, the presence of God is in this room. Come on, just take a moment right now to just release all your cares and all your worries. Just take a moment right now to just release all your burdens. Thank you, Father God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Father, I pray, fill every vessel that's here today. God, fill them with the river of living waters. Lord, may the waters of life be released in them in a powerful way today. We pray in the mighty and strong name of Jesus. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen.